0: Good morning, hello, and welcome to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. I'm your host Doug Ray. I appreciate you spending some of your weekend time with us. Bryce, of course, is here in the studio with me. Bryce, what's going on, man? Well, happy New Year to you, Doug. First, uh, first radio show of the new year, 2020. How are you? Can you believe it? 2020. I'm still having a hard time writing that. I love one of the memes
1: going around on Facebook is a picture of Barbara Walters saying, "I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020." <laughs>
0: You know, it's it's funny because you know last year we were having annual reviews with clients, and you know everybody talks about well, what what do you think that next year is going to bring? And, and <laughs> we were saying we are saying, well, yeah, it's an election year. I think it's going to start out being kind of volatile. Who we has Boy, it ever been? <laughs> hasn't disappointed yet, has it? It has not in more ways than one. And then you know we're going to talk about the Secure Act today, and of course that has some far-reaching implications for you retirees out there. And you pre retiree so... That is changing some things up for people, the it, way, and
1: it's changing things up for us the way we help people with retirement planning. It
0: really is. Uh, one of the big changes is the age you have to start your required minimum distribution, but we'll get into that yeah, in a bit. don't
1: jump the gun here. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, for those of you who are new uh, to this show, Ray Financial and the Wealth Guardians is a local independent firm, and we work with folks who are retired or they're five to seven years uh, away from retirement. And, um, you know, many people, they just don't know how to turn their retirement savings into a steady flow of income once they aren't drawing that paycheck anymore. And I focused, and Bryce has focused uh, our practice on retirement income planning. I've been doing it for over 20 years. And, you know, history shows there's two powerful truths when it comes to finances and retirement. Number one, What got you to retirement is not necessarily going to get you through retirement. I'll second that one. Okay. And number two, losses mean more than gains in retirement once you aren't drawing that paycheck. That is also very true, Doug.
1: And I want to remind everybody out there that your firm, we practice as fiduciaries, which means if we were uh, doctors, we have taken the Hippocratic Oath. Not all advisors out there practice as fiduciaries. It simply means that we have to do what is in our client's best interests, not focus on what is in our best interest. So, folks, if you are out there looking for an advisor, whether they be a retirement planner or not, make sure you ask them the question, are you obligated by your licenses to operate as a fiduciary? If their answer is anything other than yes, well, my suggestion would be keep looking, but uh, that's how we operate. And, Doug, uh, the new year... Boy, like you said, it hasn't uh, it hasn't disappointed. Uh, I want to take a moment and thank all of the troops out there, especially the ones, the first responders, and whatnot, who, who might be somewhere else, who were not able to spend the holidays with their families. That is a key time of year to be able to spend it with your family and your friends. And for those of you out there that were not able to do that because your uh, your selfless uh, service had you somewhere else. Thank you very much to you and your families for uh, helping us out and defending our nation.
0: Yeah, and I'll also throw up a special prayer for um, Matt Dunn. Matt's the son of good friends of ours. He went to school with uh, our sons, and uh, Matt was in the Army. He no longer is in the Army. He's a special contractor, but he is in the embassy in Baghdad as we speak. So prayers go out to him and his family. Absolutely. Best wishes to him. All right. You got a trivia
1: question? I do. I think, Doug, one thing that I'm going to try here for the new year and see how this goes over is I'm going to start every segment of our show, the first segment and the second segment, with a trivia question, and then we'll give the answer to that trivia question at the end of that segment. So in light of today's uh, subject, the SECURE Act, that was just passed, which deals with all kinds of rules and laws with uh, saving for retirement now, which is, like I said, going to greatly impact the way we help our clients plan for retirement— I have a trivia question for everybody out there, and I'm going to caution you. The very first answer off the top of your head that you think you know is not going to be the right answer. So the question is, what does IRA stand for? You, gen- you generally save for retirement via 401k, a Roth, or an IRA. What does IRA stand for? And we're going to get you that answer at the end of this segment. So think about it, folks.
0: No, No Googling. All right. All right. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> Especially if you're driving. Hey, Bryce, um, let's go ahead and jump into the SECURE Act. Let's do it. Uh, we want to hit. There's there's uh, some some really good things in this SECURE Act. This Secure... Major
1: legislation passed. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and there's some mm, not so good things, but by and large, I think most of it's very, very good. I want to hit, I think, probably what's going to impact most people first. I think everybody out there knows that uh, when you turn age 70 and a half, you were required to take money out of your IRA. It's been that way for a long time. For a long time. It's called the Required Minimum Distribution. Well, the SECURE Act changed that from 70 and a half to age 72. And you know, Doug,
1: I did just a little bit of research on this uh, before the show. I was curious when I, uh, IRAs started in uh, 1974, what was the RMD age back then? Well, it's always been 70 and a half. It's never been anything other than that. So I thought maybe, you know, when we first started, it was 69 or something like that. Now, it's always been 70 and a half. So this is the first time that the RMD age has changed.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting is how they come up with 70 and a half. <laughs> We've talked about that so many times. I, <laughs> I, I wish somebody knew. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's
1: true. I wonder, I wonder if there really is an answer out there why it was that age. Why not just 70?
0: Now, there's one caveat to this new rule change. Here it is if you were 70 and a half last year or the year before and you've already started your RMD, guess what? You still got to continue to take your RMD. It's only for those of you who have surpassed age 70 and a half January 1st of this year, you now get to wait till age 72. Right, so if you've already taken your RMD, there's no change for you. So if that's clear as mud, I'm not surprised. This is from Congress. Now, having said that, What we'd like to do is invite all of you listeners out there who are interested in taking a look at your situation to come in and sit down with us and let's have a no-obligation, completely free, complete second opinion of what you're doing for retirement. It covers a lot of information. The first thing it covers is, number one, it's going to give you probably the first time in your life a complete retirement written income plan. And it's also going to cover risk, not only your portfolio's risk, but your risk tolerance. Fees for the first time in your life, you'll know exactly what you're paying for your investments and in advice.
1: And I and I'll jump in there real quick Doug. If you think that you know what you're paying in fees, unless you are the one client that we have never seen in here that is not going to be the case there are fees that you are paying we can pretty much guarantee it that you are not aware of and i can't tell you how many people come in here and say looking at the fees well i don't pay that i don't pay that i don't see that on my statement yes not all fees have to be shown on your statement so there are fees that you are paying that you are not aware of and we have the software and the tools to be able to uh, show that to you
0: so yeah if you uh if you're interested in that second opinion call us at 336-391-3409 get on our calendar the year is brand new perfect time to be doing this
1: we've also got a website out there too don't we doug we do Uh, thewealthguardians.com so if you want to jump in there on that interweb thing and take a look at us we're on there as well all right doug so uh, the rmd age change for the first time in uh, history of iras has happened uh talk to us about the second change that uh, is uh, occurring here in the secure act
0: okay so in this one investors are no longer prohibited from contributing to an IRA once they're past 70 and a half. That's a big one. It's a big one because a lot of people like, you know, to continue to work after they're retired, maybe do some part-time stuff or contract work. and consulting. And, and once you turn 70 and a half, you know, last year you couldn't contribute anymore to a retirement plan, an IRA. Now you can. I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Nobody's going to have a problem with
1: that. If you don't want to contribute, you don't have to. But now you've got that option to be able to contribute. That's great. Exactly. Good, good job, Congress.
0: Yeah, why don't you take number three? How
1: often do we say that? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> All right. So the the third uh, change for uh, based on the Secure Act is part time employees will now have access to four hundred one k's. Well, that again is huge, and again, thank you to Congress for thinking of those who are only part-time employees. Uh, Traditionally, you've had to be a full-time employee to have access to 401ks. That is no longer the case. So the Act guarantees that 401k plan eligibility for employees who have worked at least 500 hours per year for at least three consecutive years and who are 21 years or older by the end of that three-year period will now have a right to contribute to their 401k. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean that the employer has to match or provide a match into it. But still great news for part-time employees out there nonetheless. Doug, take us into number four. Well,
0: I think this is pretty unique, and I think it's good also. There's going to be a penalty-free withdrawal for folks who are trying to um, uh, give birth or even adopt a baby so or a child, and, and um, this is up to $5,000 to help them do that. Obviously, if they're under 59 and a half, they would be hit with that early distribution penalty, so I think that's uh, that's a, a very good thing. Let me take this next one, Bryce, because I had, I pat myself on the back, a little involvement in this. You do that. So now they're going to allow annuities to be added uh, or an asset in a 401k plan.
1: I saw this. This is this is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it might be over the heads of some people, but for you and me, this is something that caught our attention.
0: So one of the annuities that uh, we actually uh, campaigned for Many years ago, uh, I was a part of a, uh, uh, a bunch of financial adv- advisors all over the country. We went to Washington, D.C., met with several congresspeople and senators, and that was to be able to get what's called a DIA Deferred Income Annuity, into 401K plants. Now, what a DIA is designed to do is to sit there and grow and then produce income somewhere in your mid to late 70s or early 80s. In other words, it's designed so that you'll never run out of income in old age. And that's been a problem for a lot of elderly folks is they run out of assets, then they run out of income, and now they're only living on Social Security. So these deferred income annuities, I think, are going to be a great way to solve that problem. But before, we had an issue with the required minimum distribution, because that is an asset that has to be counted as a part of your required minimum distribution. So now it is not required to be countable as an RMD at age 72. That is a- absolutely fascinating, really. Yeah. So I think that's a great planning tool, and, and uh, you know I, I clap Congress for, for, uh, for saying that. And uh, let's see, where are we on the scale here? I think we're headed to
1: number six now, Doug. Okay. So go ahead and take that one as well. Well, actually tell you what, let's come back to number six uh, in the next segment. We're going to go away for a little break, but at the beginning of this segment, the trivia question for uh, this first half was, what does IRA stand for? A lot of you are contributing to your IRAs. What does IRA stand for? Now, I'm going to guess that most of you out there, or at least a lot of you out there, said either I have no idea or said it stands for Individual Retirement Account. Actually, IRA stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement, not (laughs) Retirement Account and not Retirement Annuity, Arrangement. So that is what IRA stands for. We've got a trivia question coming back after this segment after the break here. So folks, stay tuned. This is the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. We will be back right after this. Ah! And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. This is the radio show where we help our clients retire the job, yet keep the paycheck. And for those listeners out there who are five to seven years from retirement and want to confirm that you're actually making the best decisions for retirement... Well, good news. We offer a no-cost, no-obligation second opinion to make sure that you are indeed on that right path for retirement. If you want to take advantage of this, 336-391-3409 is the number that you've got to call to get in touch with us and set up that appointment time. Again, 336-391-3409. Now, at the beginning of last segment, uh, we had a trivia question, and that one was, what does IRA stand for? Many of you say for retirement in your IRAs or your Roths, and a lot of you thought that uh, IRA might stand for Individual Retirement Account. It actually stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement. And then many of you also out there save for retirement in a Roth IRA. Now, Roth IRAs began in 1997, and unlike an IRA where you are saving pre-tax dollars growing tax-deferred, in a Roth IRA, you are saving after-tax dollars that grow tax-free. So it's a great tool for saving a retirement. This trivia question for this segment, and we'll give you the answer at the end of the show, is why is it named Roth? What does Roth IRA stand for? Is it an acronym? Is it What is it? So, folks, no Googling. Try to come up with the answer on that. And now we're going to go back to exactly what we were talking about at the first half of this show, the SECURE Act that uh, Congress recently passed, which has uh, changed significantly some retirement rules out there and has changed the way uh, Doug and I help our clients plan for retirement. We're going to go back and talk about some more of the provisions and the law changes in that. Doug, take us to where we left off from last time.
0: Yeah, what I want to do this segment uh, is I want to talk about uh, one important thing that I think is a negative of the bill. You know, the first segment we talked about positive changes To retirement planning coming out of the Secure Act Bill, but this one, I don't like it, guys. I gotta tell you, I don't like it. So what they did is they eliminated the stretch provision. All right. What does that mean, Doug? It means this. You were able to give a non-spouse beneficiary your IRA, and they in turn could keep that as a IRA for the rest of their life, including their retirement, as long as they took out a required minimum distribution based on their age, not the benefactor's age. Well, that's been eliminated. And now what happens is a non-spousal beneficiary, which obviously that's the children, maybe the grandchildren, has to take all the money out prior to year 10 or at year 10's end. Now, let's think about that. A non-spousal beneficiary is most likely going to inherit an IRA from their parent, most likely at the peak of their earning years. True. So they can continue to get the deferral on taxes for 10 years. But boom, at that point, they're probably pre-retirement, probably at the height of their income earning years, and now they're faced with this big tax bill. Boom. I don't like it, and I don't like that uh, for that very reason. Now, that brings up some planning, some pre-planning. You know, we've been big proponents of doing Roth conversions. We've said for years uh, we believe that we're living in a time where taxes are going to be the lowest we'll see in our lifetime. I still believe that. And converting to a Roth with the stretch provision basically enabled you to give a tax-free legacy to your children. Well, with this new plan, that does not eliminate that idea. I think it makes the idea even stronger. Now, hear me out. Okay. Let's assume that you do a Roth conversion. You pass on a Roth IRA to a non-spousal beneficiary, the children. They then have 10 years to let that money compound tax-free. Right. Right. Now, let's say they are at or near retirement. They can still withdraw that account tax-free, and maybe at that point in time, that's going to help them go into retirement debt-free, maybe pay off what's left of the mortgage or whatever. I still think it makes a very, very sound planning tool. I hate the fact that the stretch has gone away, but at least we got 10 years left of tax-free compounded growth. Now, let me tell you who I think this impacts the hardest. It's folks with a higher IRA account balance. Now, what do I mean by higher? I would say if I had to ballpark it, any IRA account of a retiree who is $500,000 and up. The reason being, if it's $500,000 and lower, most likely in your retirement life expectancy, you're going to use a goodly portion of that IRA for your own retirement. And you're not going to pass on this big tax time bill to your children. But if your IRA is 500000 a million or more, The odds are you're going to be passing on a half a million dollars or more in a huge tax time bill to to the children. You need to think about that, especially if tax rates go up. If they're in the 50% federal income tax rate when that 10-year point hits, they're most likely going to lose half of that money. So planning now makes so much sense for the future. And if you want to start that planning now, and I suggest you do, why don't you come in and let's sit down and talk about your situation and how we can help you plan a Roth conversion. Now, you're not going to want, and we've explained this many times on this program, you're not going to want to convert your entire IRA to a Roth in one year. That's if at going, all.
1: I mean, if not, maybe you only want to do the whole thing over a number of years. Exactly. You want
0: to keep some exactly. tax deferred. Exactly. And and the way we do that with our clients is, is we take a look at your current tax brackets, find out what bracket you're currently in and how much capacity you have to the next bracket, and then we convert all of that capacity or some of that capacity and get you on a path to Roth conversion. You probably won't get all your uh, IRA converted to a Roth before tax rates go up, but you'll get a good portion of it. Now, This is the best time I know of to do it because they shrunk the brackets and they stretched them out. So we got a lot of room to work with. We have about four more years before the sunset provision on this current tax code kicks in. Who knows what's going to happen after 2024? We definitely won't have the Trump administration in if he's reelected. And who knows what comes in after that? Will taxes go up then? I don't know. But I suspect at some point in the 2020s, they're probably going to go up. What do you think, Bryce? Well, I
1: mean, obviously they're going to have to go up unless we want uh, just our entire GDP just to be paying off uh, the principal of uh, loans that we have out there with China and whatnot. So we're going to have to raise taxes at some point.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it in my mind.
1: Yeah. Um, Doug, what you were talking about there just brings up so many questions for a financial advisor to consider as far as i mean gosh we haven't even scratched the surface of this but does that mean that maybe with the the stretch provision being gone does that change the way that you do charitable giving upon your passing does it change who you leave your uh, your inheritance to if you do inherit a Roth, does that change maybe the fact that you you leave more money in a 401k rather than uh, transferring or rolling it over to an IRA? Do you do more conversions earlier on to Roths? There's just so many questions that that, that ha- could ha- possibly have a snowball effect on that. I don't even know where to begin. So that is a really – I'm glad you talked about that. That is really a key element to the SECURE Act that a lot of people – don't know, but what you what you do want to know is that your advisor knows what types of impacts this has, and that they know what they're talking about.
0: Well, one important thing we're going to be doing this year, Bryce, is with every client that comes in for an annual review, we're going to examine how the Secure Act affects their personal situation. And, and folks, I would advise you to do the same thing uh, with your with your current advisor to to actually take a look. what the secure act did and and how it impacts your your situation because bryce you're right about charitable giving a lot of people will give the rmd portion to a charity that way it's not a taxable event on on their on their income but now that the rmd age is 72 well how does that charitable giving how's that impacted
1: yeah there's there's a lot of questions that this brings up that uh, probably even the best advisors out there probably don't have all the answers to yet. This takes time for everyone to kind of straighten out and think about the long-term implications of these rules.
0: Well, we were talking about the Roth account anyway, and that was your trivia question. So what's the answer? Okay, so the question was, uh, in 1997,
1: uh, they added Congress added to your retirement savings options alongside an IRA, a Roth IRA. And so my question was, well, why did they name it Roth? What does Roth stand for? For the longest time, I thought Roth was an acronym. I didn't I had no idea what the acronym might have stood for, but that's what I assumed it was. Roth is actually the name of the main sponsor writer of the bill in 1997 that created Roth accounts, so they named it after him, Senator William Roth of Delaware. So that's why it is named Roth account in case you were ever wondering. Now you're a little bit smarter for 2020.
0: I uh, you know the answer. That sounds great. Now, yeah, that's a good uh, beer question at the bar, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Every question is a good beer question at the bar, Doug. That's for sure. Well, guys, we have covered a ton of stuff on the SECURE Act, but guess what? We didn't get it all covered. There's a lot to this uh, bill that passed. It started, in effect, January 1st. The president signed it, I think, on the 30th. So, again, it does involve your retirement. It involves your future, what you're going to do with your money. And now is a perfect time for you to sit down and find out more about it. Again, take us up on our offer to come in and get a second opinion on what you're doing. We'll cover everything, including how the Secure Act affects uh, your, your, your account. It's As I've said many times before, it's absolutely 100% free. We don't obligate you to a thing. All you have to do is call us at 336-391-3409 or go on to our website at thewealthguardians.com. By the way, we've got a lot of good information on that website, and we're going to also be doing taxes and retirement workshops coming up in February, so stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, we haven't announced the dates yet, but we've got a whole uh, slew of... uh retirement and other types of seminars coming up for 2020 we're going to be announcing those dates here soon and as doug said if you want to take us up on our no obligation no cost uh, second opinion it's really informative i can't think of a single person who has sat through our four meeting process and hasn't walked away with some very valuable information and was very glad that they took the time to do that at the very least folks you're going to be able to see what retirement looks like for you if you don't make any changes to your portfolio and what portfolio what uh, retirement might look like for you if you do make some changes to your portfolio folks it has been uh, great sitting here with you for uh, today hope you have a great rest of your weekend and we look forward to catching up with you next week this is the wealth guardians radio show have a great weekend everybody